fellow followers of Jesus' passion. Our series this year is called One in 30,000 because as best as they kept records, and it wasn't that great, that's the number of crucifixions that occurred in a typical year. And if those records won't, weren't kept all that well, we certainly don't know how many of those who were crucified had family, mothers, friends there to support them and be with them. I doubt not many. Do you ever watch those news accounts when the judge is preparing to sentence someone? Before that happens, the judge will often ask family members of the victims to read accounts of their loss and what happened. And often the perpetrator will express words of remorse. And oftentimes they will show in the courtroom not just the relatives of the victim, but parents, maybe friends of the perpetrator who in a wonderful act of love are saying, we'll be with you. We'll still support you in spite of what you've done and help you with your confession and live that out in whatever incarceration you may have. That's got to be difficult, isn't it? But something... more difficult that we're talking about tonight. Mary and Jesus, Beth's bud, John, are not as sentencing. They are at his crucifixion. They are at his crucifixion literally risking their lives, and they knew it. This should be another reason why we Lutherans cherish Mary for the faith that she showed throughout her life, as well as John. And Jesus, seeing them, seeing his mother, who cared so much for him, who took care of his physical bodily needs, know that knows that she has some now, some real ones, no social security. And she, he points to John, his friend, and asks him out of his love for his mom to care for her. And he does. To care for people in their embodied lives, in their embodied needs.
Um, going back to what we sang about. God's love is not just theory. It was embodied in a real person that suffered and died in Jesus. And in that embodied child, as in any child, but especially in this child, God demonstrates love. In um, Pastor Billitz's sermon a few weeks ago on Sunday about why wait until marriage, about the uh, hormones that, that are taking place and human interaction and touching, it happens here. It happens here, not just with the biological mother, but studies have shown it happens also with the adoptive father, like Joseph. That they are bonded to the body, to that child, as all parents are, in a very, very special way. And they got to be bonded with Jesus in a very special way, both of them, for 40 days. They took him to the temple to be presented. A ceremony that reminded them, that was for Jewish people, for their firstborn son, that reminded them that like their firstborn sons in Egypt, they were not to die, that they were granted life by God. And in thanks for that, they were to bring a lamb, or in Mary and Joseph's case, poor people's case, some birds. And they did, the birds. Apparently the wise men hasn't, hadn't come yet. But what did they do with those birds? Didn't put them in a cage to enhance the atmosphere and ambiance of the temple or let them fly around it. They killed them. The whole temple was a slaughterhouse. And you think Lent's a downer. And it's in that context that Simeon comes especially to Mary and says, a sword is going to pierce your heart also. Those birds aren't going to save your son from doing what God's son is supposed to do. And so it happened. Uh, the pictures this evening are from the Synod movie, My Son, My Savior. No, the scripture doesn't tell us for, that, G, that Mary actually grasped Jesus' feet. But they put it in because it is very probable. Unlike some depictions, crucifixions were not generally high up in the air. They were ground level. And when people could hurl insults, you could almost do that eye to eye. And Mary could be there and hear that. But also, 
she could do what we see her doing here. Touch Jesus' extremities and watch him die. Pastor Billitz's Bible class this past Sunday um, between services, I encourage you to go. It's enjoyable, inspiring, and informative, I found it that. We talked about the different ways people grieve, amongst other things. And having been there, it's my role to represent Jesus to families who are doing that. You find very often they're holding on to hands and feet which are going cold and feeling helpless and in their own way trying to warm them and say, I love you. Maybe that's what Mary was doing, but she was certainly doing something similar. But we know that that's not the end of the story. Mary and so many others got to experience Easter. Jesus is alive. His cross, our crosses, end. And that too is the message of Easter and a message specifically of Christians who deal with embodiment the issues of embodiment and the crosses that that may bring. Because Mary and Jesus' story is repeated all too often again, isn't it? The child that Father and mother embrace in joy and celebration can bring heartache and trouble in development and other issues, and even if it never ends up in a courtroom, is not always joy. Or that couple that embraces in courtship, or embraces in an even fuller way in marriage, doesn't prevent them from having, many of them, from having crosses in their lives. If you had the chance to watch the closing issue of the, uh, uh, edition of The Bachelor last night, the heartache that was caused was child's play to the heartache Christian pastors have experienced, to the heartache Lutheran pastors have experienced, to the heartache this Lutheran pastor has experienced in marriages gone wrong and the crosses people have endured. On the other hand, some of the greatest love stories pastors see 
are in the embodiment issues. When the spouse cares for that invalid person at home, or that spouse day in and day out goes to the nursing home and feeds that spouse that suffered the stroke, you don't see love stories like that that often, and they touch hearts. Or people say, I just wish I had somebody who cared for me or somebody whom I could care for. I am so lonely. If you feel that way, you're not alone. The irony is, is loneliness is an epidemic. There's a whole lot of lonely folks out there. We cocoon ourselves and we're too insensitive or too self-absorbed to see it. But this isn't the end of the story for God's people either. Christian parents have the comfort that those Christian children are forgiven, even those who are incarcerated. And they will enjoy each other's presence in heaven. Christians have the comfort that no matter how they may have hurt people in courtship or marriage, they are forgiven and they will live in perfect joy and peace and harmony in that place where Jesus tells us nobody needs to be married, where we will all love each other perfectly. And certainly then, no one will be lonely. So, this cloudy, cold March night, we look forward to the ultimate spring break. The ultimate spring break where not only our problems will be solved, the climate will be the best, the accommodations will be the best, and we'll never have to leave and come back to Wisconsin in March. But, I don't know about you, there's a part of me that wonders if I'm going to be there. Because, unlike Jesus, who in the original called his mother, Dear Mother, I not infrequently in my growing up talked about my old lady and my old man and gave them some grief. Maybe you have some issues like that too. Unlike Jesus, who hung on a cross for three hours and still cared about his mother and did something about it without regrets, I sat in my Ford Fusion and rode two hours in air conditioning in the summer in a heated seat 
in the winter to my mother's assisted living home with some regrets and wondering why this had to be. Or I wasn't a friend to people I was too insensitive to notice and could have been a friend. And that's why we need to know that this one, this crucifixion, was one in 30,000. Trinity is a word in Scripture, is, excuse me, is not a word in Scripture, but describes scriptural truths. Two terms we're going to talk about that makes this crucifixion one in 30,000. First one is passive obedience. That expresses the truth that Jesus, unlike the birds and the animals in the temple who had no option, he let himself be crucified. The only one who let himself in the 30,000 because he loves you and me and knew that would pay for our sins. Passive obedience, a beautiful picture. Another beautiful picture in Scripture to portray our forgiveness is the concept of active obedience. That Jesus actively kept the law, not just because it was the thing to do, but because he wanted to do it and have it credited to our account. For instance, when Pastor Billets preached on Father, forgive him for they know not what they're doing. All the grudges I can't get over and I keep keeping as I struggle, and yours too, when Jesus looks at you and when he looks at me, he sees Jesus' words to those nailing them to the cross, and he credits them to you, to me. Active obedience. When he heard me talk about the old lady and the old man and give them grief, Jesus doesn't see that anymore. He looks, for instance, at Jesus in the temple who did no more than his parents and yet let them be his parents. And he credits that to me. Maybe you have similar issues that you need him to credit to also. Or the friendship and concern for his mother, for his other disciples, for John. Times we haven't done that. He credits that also to you and to me. And maybe you haven't experienced it, yes. But maybe sometime in your life you will be called to make extended care for some loved one in your life and for all the regrets and all the wonder why it has to be and all the crouching and wishing. Jesus doesn't see that either. He credits what he did on the cross tonight 
to you and to me. Active obedience. So yeah, the Easter spring break is real. And it's everlasting. And because of its one in 30,000, it's for you, for me. Amen.